Good morning. How are you guys doing? It is so good to see you guys. You guys are hardcore, man. You came out in Rainmageddon, like there's tornado warnings going off. Uh, you get like, man, props. You guys are like the real deal. So it is an honor to be here. My name is Kevin. I live in Port Charlotte. Me and my family were planting a church in Port Charlotte. And I've known your pastor for a while. I've known him since 2020. He's in our network of uh, pastors. And let me just tell you guys, you guys have an awesome pastor. Like, Pastor Paul is the real deal. Like, what you see on stage, that's really who he is. He's a man of integrity. He walks the walk. He is a phenomenal leader. He loves Jesus. Like, he is madly and impassionately in love with Jesus, and he loves this church. So, and I don't blame him. You guys are awesome. As I've gotten to know some of you guys, your team, you, there's people that are out with COVID, and some of you guys have stepped up, and you're doing a phenomenal job. And it's just, I can really sense camaraderie. I can sense family. I just, you guys are living it out, and you're doing life together, and just, Man, it's an honor to be here. So, um, Pastor Paul asked me to come speak because, uh, you know, he unfortunately caught COVID. But thankfully, as he said in the video, he's doing a lot of to-do lists and home projects. So, uh, unfortunately, he couldn't be here. And like I said, it's an honor to be here. So, you guys are in the second week of the series, Better. And as I was talking to Pastor Paul, he is, he is explaining the direction, the vision for this series, what it was about. And so I started praying. I was like, okay, I'm going to write a message for this series. And so um, I started asking myself, why would a church do a series on better, being better? And there's no better time than to do it in January, because January is the time where we set new goals, new resolutions, we try and like, new year, new me. And so I was like, why are we doing this? Why, why? I believe that the church, the people, we need to take responsibility for our lives, for our families, we need to take responsibility for our, uh, just our goals, the direction of our lives, even our ministries. So by a show of hands, how many of you guys in here made a resolution this year? When January 1st came, you're like, this year, I'm going to do blank, fill in the blank. How many of you guys made a resolution? Like two. You guys are ambitious. <laughs> See, I... I made a resolution, and, and to kind of confess to you guys, my resolutions bleed over every year. Every year, it's the same resolutions. Like this year, I'm going to get in the best shape of my life. I'm going to eat the best, like the, the most healthy food. I'm going to drop weight. I'm going to like new year, new me. I'm going to read the Bible every day. I'm going to pray every day. And by February... Like, I'm hitting snooze on my alarm. I'm like, meh, I'll go tomorrow. I'll go to the gym tomorrow. And then, you know, by the second week of February, I'm done. I'm like, well, there's always next year. It's 2021. You know, 2022 is the year. 
And, you know, just so you guys know, 80% of New Year's resolutions, this is statistics, like you can Google it because Google never lies, 80% of, stati- uh, uh, you know, people that make their New Year's resolution, by the second week of February, they tap out. They're like, I'm, I'm done. Next year, 2023, that's the year. And so I, I started asking myself, I'm like, why? Why do we give up? Why do we stop? Why do we stop moving forward? Why do we stop trying to make progress in our lives? And today I'm going to show you what God's Word says about that on the subject and show you what Paul, Paul is talking about how he strives to hit his goals and strive. I don't know if he ever had a New Year's resolution, but I know he had goals and ideas and things he was trying to achieve. So the title of today's message is called The Key to Discipline. The Key to Discipline. So to set this up, is anyone in here a fan of NASCAR? Me either. So let me tell you about NASCAR, though. Um, I've, I've never been to a NASCAR race. And, I've, and I can't watch it on TV. Like, I just, it's this. And I've seen the fans, and they're like, they're drinking their Coke, and they're eating whatever. And as the people are going around, they're just like, woo! And then they're like, okay. And as they're coming back around, they're watching them. They're like, woo! And that's three and a half hours of that. No, and so I just, I've never been, but I had a friend in Missouri, his name was Kurt, and I used to work in Missouri like during the summer for a family business, and my friend Kurt, he owned a race car, and he begged me for months, like I would, he's like, come watch me race, man, come watch me race, and I was, I'd blow him off, I was like, bro, it's, no, it's not you, it's me, I don't, I'm good, and Finally, after about month two, I was like, okay, if I come, will you stop asking? And he said, yes. Okay, so I went. I felt so sorry for this guy, y'all. He like, it's, it's in a dirt track, and his, he lost bad. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm talking like below average bad. And I started asking him after the race, I was like, so have have, have have you ever placed? Have you ever won? And he's like, no. <laughs> and so I, I started asking him, like, why do you think that is? And, and, and I started thinking, why has Kurt never won a race? And, you know, the first reason was I noticed his pit crew was usually drunk. The second reason was he was not really devoted to it. He was like a weekend warrior. He, uh, he just kind of tinkered with it. It was a hobby. It was something that he did. It was like not, he's like, you know, I'm going to try. I'm going to, you know. See, a real race team in the NASCAR, it, it's more than just the driver. And the driver, you have to have laser-like focus. Has anybody in here ever left point A or B and you ended up at your home and you had no recollection of how you ended up there? 
like it's, I will zone out and I'll end up at the house and I don't even remember how I got there. It's like, and, but a NASCAR driver, they have laser-like focus. Anybody text and drive? Don't raise your hand. Like a NASCAR driver does not text and drive. You know, and, and the pit crew, the pit crew, the average pit crew changes a tire, all four tires, and gasses the car up in 12 seconds. Like 12 seconds, the car pulls into the, the pit, they take all four tires off, all four tires are exchanged, and they gas the car up in 12 seconds or less. See, that is focus. And the difference between my friend Kurt and, and, and the NASCAR driver is one is hobby and one is dedicated. One is undisciplined. The other is disciplined and devoted. Go ahead and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. And before we get into this, what I'm about to talk about has absolutely nothing to do with God's love for us. Like, God loves you because you're his children. God loves you because he, you know, you're his kids. And as parents, any parents in here? None of you love your kids because they're perfect. Like, I have yet to meet a perfect kid. If you have a perfect kid, please come talk to me after service and give me advice. So, but 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, Paul says this. He says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training, and they do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to myself, I might be disqualified. When it comes to walking with Christ, the difference between average and growth, the difference between winning and losing, Kurt and NASCAR, uh, the difference is discipline. Discipline is the difference. Now, I have a confession to make to you guys. I absolutely hate the word discipline. I do. And I'm not alone because when you ask people, we have a very negative context, a very negative perspective of what discipline is. Like back in Paul's day, it might have meant something different. But today, when we say discipline, we equate it to punishment, to like restrictions, rules you have to obey. So I did a word study on the word discipline. And here's the definition of discipline. It says, the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct disobedience. Another definition is to train or develop by instruction and exercise, especially in self-control. So, I have a proposal for you guys. 
if you have a problem with the word discipline, instead of saying discipline, you know, because we say it with kind of like, yeah, insert the word consistent. Consistent. Now, thing is, they don't mean the same thing. They're too, you can be consistent in a negative way. Like, yo, that guy's consistently late. You know, that person is consistently, it's a negative thing. But in this perspective, in this context, we're talking about progress. Now, the key to discipline is consistency. You can't have discipline without consistency. It's like baking a cake. The, the, the main ingredient, the most important ingredient of a cake is what? Flour, milk, is love. I'm joking. The main ingredient would be either flour or something like that. You can't have a cake without flour. You can't have discipline without consistency. Now let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 again. He says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. Now, the Apostle Paul just made one of the most unpolitically correct statements. He said, only one person wins, so run to win. See, we live in a day and age where... Kids get a trophy even if they lose. It's, we live in the age of Oprah where you get a trophy and you get a trophy and you get a trophy and everybody gets a trophy just for, like, you don't even have to show up, but we'll mail you your trophy. We live in a day and age of participation trophies where you don't have to participate. See, Here's what you need to know about me. I'm, I'm, I apologize. I'm a little old school, but like I'm in it to win it. Like I am, I'm one of those hyper competitive. If you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to show you. And, and like if, if so-and-so is doing something, I'm going to do it better just because. And so I, I worked with this guy. He was a real estate broker and he was my leader in the organization I was working for, and he was hyper-competitive. And he would always try and outdo me, and I would always try and outdo him. And we went to lunch one day, and we're eating a Japanese uh, teppanyaki grill, or it was serving sushi and all that. And he gets the bright idea. He takes, starts taking some wasabi paste out, and he starts rolling it in these little balls. And I'm sitting by him, and I'm watching him roll a wasabi ball and put it down. And he takes a little more wasabi. He starts rubbing it, rolling it, forming a little ball. And I'm like, what are you doing, bro? And, and he's like, you're about to fool around and find out. And he's like, and he continues. He's rolling, and he's lining up these wasabi balls. How many of you guys have ever had wasabi? It's nasty. And so... He takes, after about 15, 16 wasabi balls, he takes one and he pops it in his mouth. He starts eating and he starts laughing. And I'm like, you are so nasty. And he finishes it and he looks at me, he's like, your turn. Uh, oh, no. 
Like, no, I'm not doing that. And he's like, well, okay, then I win. I was like, no, you don't. So I took a wasabi ball and I threw it in my mouth and I took one for the kingdom. I just, I was like, eight, no, like, and by ball six, man, we're both like snotting and laughing and like, just like tears and it was disgusting. And Amy was sitting there and she's like, I'm going over here to this table. You guys are messed up. And so, but I was not going to let him win. And I was be, like, how did I do that? I was being, I'm, we were done. We were one more wasabi ball. And I like, by the time we were done, we were out of wasabi and neither one of us won. But I was not about to give him that win. So Paul says, run to win, be in it to win it. And see, that's what I did. Like the great theologian, Ricky Bobby. If you ain't first, you're what? Last. See? And, and how is that? Ricky Bobby had to be consistent in his laps. He had to be consistent. Consistency is the key ingredient. So this guy that was my boss, he was not my main competitor in life. Like, he was not my competitor in that wasabi eating contest. Like, even though I was against him, he was not my main competitor. Because in my mind, I'm like, stop eating, you fool. Like, this is nasty. You are, you are really special if you take another bite. Like, and my biggest competitor in life has been me. When I'm running to win, I'm running against myself. When you guys are in it to win it, your main competitor in life is you. Like, think about it. Nobody's lied to you more than you have. Nobody has put you down more than you have. Nobody has doubted you more than you have. We are our own biggest competitor. And so when we're in it to win it, and we're like running, like who am I running against? Usain Bolt? Am I running against Alvin Kamara? Go Saints. Am I running against, like, no, you're running against you. When Paul was talking about, I finished the race, I fought the fight, like there were days where Paul, I promise you, he was shipwrecked, he was stoned, he was killed and then resurrected and came back. He like there were days that he like probably wanted to quit. He's like, God can cannot like take a you know, chill, you know? But he kept on. Your main competitor in life is you. You're running against yourself. So question, the first half of the month is gone. And the two people that made the resolutions in here, how are you doing so far? Like, you, you, you kind of, to get closer to our goals, it's consistency. You want to be a better spouse by the end of the year? Be consistent. You want to be a better parent by the end of the year? It's consistent steps towards that direction. See, our thing, our mentality is we have a microwave mentality where I got to have that right now. And if I can't get that right now, then I'm done. I'm just going to go over here and chill. And it's, that's not how God operates. 
That's not how he created us. It's steps, and in those steps is a journey that you're going through and a learning process that you're going through that by the time you get there, I mean, you, you get there, but there's a reason, there's a process, and we want to skip the process, but we have to be consistent. Verse 25, it says, all athletes are disciplined. And to give context into what Paul's talking about, replace the word discipline with consistent. All athletes are consistent in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Any college football fans in here? A couple. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I keep up, but I don't watch. I have friends that are just like extreme, like extreme college football fans. And this year, their team won. Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs, and the Georgia Bulldog go dogs. I, I don't care. But like, he, he, he texts me, he's like, go dogs. I'm like, what, did they win? And he's like, yeah, they, they won. And, and like, my response is, okay, well, the crown ain't going to last. I was like, and you know what? By the next week, like as of last week, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Like, they won, yay, move on. But see, Paul says that we do it for a prize that doesn't fade, a prize that is eternal. And he says this, he says, I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I have a plan, this is what he's saying, I have a plan to consistently step forward, even if it's only small steps that I take. Paul equated this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says, it, it was like a marathon. Now, you don't win a marathon fast. Like, and I've ran 5Ks, and God help me, it was one of the dumbest things I ever did. I ran a 5K, I didn't train. Now, you guys might be marathon runners. Pastor Paul's a fitness freak. And like a lot of people, he's in the CrossFit. And I'm just, I'm like, ah, no, I'm good. Like, but, so you guys might be marathon runners, but I'm not. I tried to run a 5K. And I talked smack for like a month. No training. I was like, I got this. And I remember I was running this marathon or this 5K, and about 2K in, I'm thinking to myself, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. And I'm just, I'm running, I was like, I'm not going to stop. By 3K, I'm like, this is, I'm going to regret this. And by 4K, I'm like being passed. There's a little kid in our church, he was nine. His name was Riley. I'm being passed by Riley who is like comic book nerd. Like, and I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. And, like, and then like one of the guys in our church, he's staying on the sidelines. He's like, you going to let Riley beat you? I'm like, no, I'm not. And I start running harder. About 100 yards in, I'm like, yes, I am. And like Riley beat me. And like I finished bad, but I finished. And then I went home and I couldn't walk for a week. It was bad. But I consistently 
was taking the next step. And in my head, I'm thinking, this is dumb. This is dumb. Stop. Stop running. You know, there's a burrito stand. You know, I'm like everything. And, but I got there because I kept stepping. I bought my wife a uh, Fitbit for Christmas. And in the Fitbit, it has goals that, you know, you wear it. And, and in this, this, one of the goals is 10,000 steps a day. Now, when I think about it, I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't want to take 10,000 steps today. Like, I, I'm, I'm good. But her Fitbit breaks it down into steps. It's like 250 steps an hour. It's like, okay, well, I, I might can do 250 steps an hour. You know, when you start breaking it down, okay, I can be consistent. I could do this within an hour. And the way we have, but see, my overambitious behind, I like to chase what I call super habits. Like this year, I'm going to get in the best shape of my life. This year, I'm going to have a washboard of abs. You know, this year, I'm going to eat only organic food. And health, like I'm not going to even look at people. And no, those are so ambiguous and so like out there that by February, I'm like, meh, next year. Next year is my year. And so they're, they're what I call super habits. If you, if you master them, if you attain them, then you're considered great. And for the longest time, you know, I would try and kill it at the gym. I'd try to read my Bible. I would try doing all these things. And finally, somebody told me, they said, you've got to stop trying. It's all I hear is your language is, I try, I try, I try. They're like, no, just do. Do. Take a step, man. Quit saying I'm going to try. Take a step. No matter who you are, the band can come up here if you want. It's getting time. No matter who you are, you have a next step to take. I was, I was trying to close my house in Port Charlotte. We just bought a house, and we were uh, trying to close on time. And by a miracle, we got a, like, it's, we, we, we got a contract. By a miracle, we got a contract on a house. And so we're... Um, we're trying to close, and we have a gold date, and we're like, okay, this is a closed date, and I'm talking to my mortgage company, and I'm getting them all the information they need, and okay, the appraisal scheduled, and, and, and so like we, we, we did everything, and I jumped through all the hoops and all the red tape and, and all the things, and so I'm talking to my mortgage company. I'm like, we have to close on time. Because in this market, if it doesn't close on time, the seller knows that he can cancel the contract and knock up the price about 15000 and put it back on the market, and people would go in a bid war for it again and outbid it, and, and he knows that he would make money. And so I'm talking to my mortgage company. I'm like, guys, I need you to come through. And they're like, well, we're going to try. I'm like, I don't want to hear try. Like, I know. Do not try. Stop trying and just do it. Take a step. Even if you think that it might not. What's, what do you have to do today for that to become a reality? I was like, when it closes, you want me to tell you, well, I'm going to try to pay you. 
Like, no, we don't want you to tell us that. Like, we want you to pay us. Like, okay, well, I want you to close. And it's the same thing for us. you got to stop trying. Trying, and we've even put the words our best at the end. Have you noticed that? Like, well, I'm going to try my best. Trying is a minimal effort. It's trying never achieves results. And we could, it's so ambiguous. Well, I tried. No, take the step. And no matter who you are in here, you have a next step to take in your life. And we all have desires, goals, dreams, you know, resolutions. And, and we, we see it over there and we want it, but like there's all this space in between. And so we're looking at this space and it's so discouraging because you're like, well, I see it and I want it, but there's a lot that I have to go through, a lot of steps I have to take, but the most important step is the first step. And so you step. I was like, that that wasn't so bad. And so you step again and you just keep stepping. What would happen? If this church, if you guys said, okay, this is where we're going. If you as a family said, this is where we're going. And you stopped saying, we're going to try to get there. And you started saying, hey, today, the first day, we're going to take one step. We're going to go in this direction. And you be consistent. Consistency. You will never reach better until you're consistent. Would you guys bow your heads with me? Father, I pray over your people this morning. Lord, I pray that you seal this word in our hearts. I pray that you, Father, put a fire in our heart to be consistent, to be disciplined, to run the race, to finish well. Father, I know that you have given snapshots visions of each person in here in their mind of who they want to be or what they want to attain or what their goals their dreams their desires father i know you have given a desire to everyone because in your word you say you give us the desires of our heart so father i pray that you put a fire in our hearts to take that next step to take a step after that, Father, and to keep on. If there's anyone in here and you do not know who Jesus is or you've never made that decision or you've never really just, or maybe you're coming back into the church and you're like, you know what? I need to take that first step. I need to take the first step with Jesus. If that's you this morning, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, would you just do me the favor and lift your hand so I can pray for you? Thank you, Jesus. Okay. If you're in here this morning and you haven't taken that next step with Jesus, you haven't taken that next step in getting closer to the body, 
then I'm going to encourage you. Today is growth track week three. Today is growth track. Attend growth track today. Get plugged in. Take the next step. Like, be who God has called you to be. So let's pray. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would have your way with your people. Father, I pray that you protect us going and coming. Protect us and bring us back safely next week. In Jesus' name. Now, if you guys have a prayer request or you have anything that you need prayer for, we have a prayer team here that you can come. You can get prayer. There are prayer warriors that can call fire down from heaven for you. So come get prayed for and just thank you guys. And uh, God bless.